0: and gentlemen to a very spooky episode of huh. what max and connor did on their podcast the pop culture podcast the two best friends talk about what they wanna talk about and now here are your hosts madman max and creepy connor Woo! So- well that was introduction by count dracula welcome turned to into, the show oh and he turned into a bat and flew away Is i this... am
1: crazy connor and i there are bats in my attic oh
0: god <laughs> i didn't realize that you were a different person oh yeah you oh.
1: i'm crazy connor oh. and i've got deals deals <laughs> deals yeah
0: <laughs> come on and buy them we're buy my sheets <laughs> Uh, oh, okay. More ghost costumes. I'll, Ooh! I, all right. I was gonna go with cars, even though there are, you don't have any to sell. The sc-
1: only scary thing about my cars is the the de- the savings and the transmission. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the car you own or the ones you sell? Both. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta get it checked. Ooh, la, la, la. Welcome, hey everybody. Hey. Um. I'm sorry hacked. for scaring you. Oh, no, yeah, yeah. No. Well, I'm... Yeah. I Well, it's uh, too late for Ooh. that. Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> you gotta stop. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm so... It's just October is from beginning to end the scariest month that there is yeah
1: you know i live in a constant state of perpetual fear which is funny because honestly like the way things are going in the world Mm -hmm. it's like extra scary because it's very real
0: yeah well (laughs) so that's i think everybody's kind of bummed out a little bit or not everybody but people it's i don't think anybody's really thinking too much about halloween right now based on what's going on in the rest of the world um, Which is
1: why this is going to be a Halloween centric episode. Hell yeah! And I'm going to try to refrain
0: from talking politics. I don't want to fucking talk politics at all. Fuck that. Fuck it. It's all oh, boy. All right. Yeah. Fuck it. It's no. all going
1: in the dumpster, baby. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Um. But yeah. So what? What is? I don't even know what today's date is. It's something the 28th. Yes. Maybe. Yeah. Cool. So I had to check. Almost Halloween.
1: And this is going to be the rarest of times where if you're listening to this on the day this drops, Mm. this is also the day we're recording because it is Wednesday. Hopefully. Yeah. And I was like, oh, shit, we got to get an episode out. No more breaks. Right.
0: So, yeah, the goal is for this to be up later. Um, But, yeah, going to be a fun episode. Um We have a guest coming on later because we're going to try something out uh, a little different. Um, I'm going to try and actually talk to some of the ghosts that uh, live in Connor's apartment and stuff like that.
1: I thought that was going to be a bonus episode. So I am scared that we're doing that today. Oh, well,
0: I'm sorry. Uh, We got to get get, you know, maybe if you get scared now, you won't get scared later. Yeah. If if y'all
1: can, since this isn't going to be a bonus episode, if y'all want to DM us our Venmos and just pretend that, because <laughs> we've been giving you this is what eleven hours of of premium content that you've oh, been wait listening a to for free.
0: Oh no! All right. Well, yeah, we can. I can ask him to come back on another day. I well, I feel like now
1: we we told the folks we're going to do it, so I want to I want to make good on that promise. <laughs> Um, but also I've been meaning to talk about this too. I know I said I wasn't going to get political, but, uh, we do this show for free. We put in a lot of hard work. Uh, and if y'all feel like supporting us, you know, please reach out and we, that would be greatly appreciated. Uh But I also feel weird because there's a lot of other more important shit going on in the world. So I'm gonna try yeah. to have a pin tweet of a bunch of different uh, organizations that you can donate to. Hell yeah! Instead of us, In- yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: But if you feel like you want to donate money to us, that's fine. We'd very much appreciate yeah, neither it. Neither one of us have a job right now, so yeah. And <laughs> I, my
1: unemployment benefits are pretty much gone um, at this yeah. point. <laughs>
0: um, I I was gonna say something, but I got distracted by uh, some books that you have on the shelf back there that oh. i didn't actually know existed they're what floating is that? that is a. oh my god well yeah but that's not what that's not why you know what i don't even want to talk about it because i can't read what the title is from here and you can't see the book from <laughs> no,
1: here, so i've got three crts blocking <laughs> my view of the books um is it the institute and journal number three
0: no, it's a big book. It's a Cohen Brothers book. Oh, it says brothers. Oh. It says the Cohen Brothers. It's a Cohen
1: Brothers coffee table book. That's fun. Yeah, fun. Hey, Cohen Brothers coffee table book people, throw some money. We gave you a shout out.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Spooky, uh, huh. scary. Why? Are you, why do? You, you have to keep doing that. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm so, I was so
1: confused. It's like that's the tone we're going for for this episode, yeah. but I also keep scaring you. So I don't know how to. I mean, I, don't know so how to act.
0: I feel like it's, you know, I maybe I should just try and get over it. Yeah, this is immersion therapy. I'm going <laughs> to justify it that way. All right, cool. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I've watched Hubie Halloween five times. Fuck yeah. Since it came out. I'm surprised I've only seen it the one time. It. I'm surprised that after watching it five times, it's still so enjoyable.
1: Yeah. Well, it really. I mean, it based on my first watch, it feels like one of those comedies that like the jokes just hit so hard mm. that it doesn't necessarily matter how many times you see them. Which I think is an interesting thing because I'm I'm a fan of the Sandman. Oh, I'm yeah. I'm a Sandman fan. Mm-hmm. But that being said, some of his recent output, I just haven't super dug.
0: Yeah, or like, at least not to the, uh, in my experience, not to the extent that I've enjoyed Hubie Halloween.
1: Yeah. And uh, I was talking about this with somebody recently about how we have been so steeped in like irony for so long that it's, it's rare to find people who just enjoy things unironically. Yeah. Which is what I really want to stress to people when I recommend Hubie Halloween Is it's not a it's so bad it's good. And there was that notorious joke that uh, Adam Sandler made where if he didn't win an Oscar, he's going to make the worst movie
0: ever, Mm -hmm. which was just a joke. I'm really glad that I haven't seen what I was worrying about, which is that people were going to be like, oh, he said he was going to make the worst movie ever. And he did. And I think that's just because way more people actually like Hubie Halloween than they were expecting i've definitely seen a fair bit of that but i think like maybe it's just because i have curated my um my timelines yeah, to av- TL. A- avoid that type of thing yeah because i'd just get fucking mad if i saw
1: and it that's the thing like it's just it's It's not an ironic thing. It's not the worst movie ever. Mm -hmm. I think it's one of his best movies in a long time. Oh, absolutely. It's very great. Mm -hmm. I can definitely see it not being for everybody, but it's not like they all got together and were like, hey, let's make a shitty movie everyone is like firing on all cylinders
0: and well that's the thing about all of that like happy madison movies uh, particularly the ones that star adam sandler i don't want to throw the other you know happy madison b-sides under the bus but you know obviously there are some that hit well and some that don't yeah um and a bunch that i actually haven't seen a lot of uh, the more recent ones um but I just, I feel like there is a sincerity to, you know, all of Adam Sandler's movies. Um, like, I don't know. I'm not, I, I'm not about liking things ironically. Yeah. Like, I same. just want to like the things that appeal to me and like yeah. not feel bad about liking them, you know? And not, like, qualify it. Yeah, exactly. Like, it. Do, I don't have to be like, well, yeah, I like this, but, you know, because, like, it's you know just turn your brain off fun or whatever. It's like well no I fucking what Hubie Halloween is in my t- top ten movies of the year with like bloody nose empty pockets and sun don't sh- not sun don't shine she dies tomorrow yeah you know and like fucking I can't think off the top of my head right now but I don't know I don't I don't hold that movie to a different standard necessarily than I do something that is more quote-unquote serious like it just all depends on what level you're coming at the movie from you know yeah like i'm not gonna approach hubie halloween with the same mindset that i'm gonna fucking approach you know like uh she dies tomorrow or even like something like the wolf of snow hollow which is funny you know and is a genre film but like you know i'm not i I just know it's, I think it it has a lot to do with managing your expectations and just accepting the fact that not everything has to be, like, fucking approved by Orson Welles, you know? Yeah. And I love Orson Welles, but, you know.
1: And it's something we've talked about a lot on this podcast, because I think it's something that is usually closer to the forefront of our minds, um, is the, and it goes back to this ironic thing, is like... People are detaching themselves from the media mm-hmm. and it feels kind of like some sort of weird posturing where it's like, I'm, I'm a, I don't know if it's like a personality thing where they're making that part of their personality. I don't want to get like two in the weeds on that right. and like judgy. Mm hmm. But it really feels like, oh, I'm above *Hubie Halloween*. I'm above this dumb movie, and their minds are already decided. Mm -hmm. So, watching it, they're like using that that joke from an interview, yeah, and their bias coming in to like have a predetermined opinion and it can just like not
0: be for you that's totally fair like yeah, people oh, have different absolutely, tastes for sure and i can like you know if you want to try and look at the movie objectively like objectively as anybody can if you believe in objectivity yeah there are certainly things that you could say don't work about the movie or whatever but i don't honestly i don't care and that's the thing honestly like i don't I don't see that in this movie. No, it's. Aside, I think I, and I don't mean to interrupt, but I just real quick, I have maintained since watching it the first time, I do think it's one of the more well written and directed uh, Happy Madison movies to come out. In a very long time. Like, yeah. it, at least since the 90s. In my opinion,
1: it is like rock fucking
0: solid. It's Oh, it's so good. Yeah. And like structurally, it works super well. And I think that's part of why I keep going back to it is because there's a lot of shit that happens in that movie. But it's so like episodic in a way because it's like Hubie's thing is just go make sure everybody in Salem is having like a safe fun time on Halloween. Yeah. And that. Entails going to all these different locations and interacting with all these different characters. So it's almost like it's like there are just infinite possibilities. Keep making if they make a dozen Hubie Halloween movies, I would watch every single one of them. Hell yeah! Um, And it's I think it's
1: interesting because there's a read on the movie where you can say it's about ironic versus unironic enjoyment. Mm -hmm. Where Hubie is all about Halloween. He just wants to make sure everyone has a fun and safe Hubie Halloween, Mm -hmm. let's say. Um, And all the townspeople just shit on him and call him a loser and make fun of him. And people say it's an annual tradition to scare Hubie and make fun of him. Right. So their enjoyment of Halloween isn't like participating in Halloween. It's shitting on the one guy who just like loves it with all of his heart. Yeah. So it's... It's funny how you can read it in a meta sense of those are the the Sandman haters Aud- and he's just trying to have a good time well, and have fun.
0: Truthfully, and I think that the, to add to that read, there are like more references to other earlier Adam Sandler movies than I've seen in any other one movie. I think yeah. like there are, it and they don't feel heavy handed either, no. but it feels like, you know, there are so many references and just like, almost like Hubie Halloween itself is like an Adam Sandler themed Halloween costume. Yeah. Like there, cause there's, so there are water like references to the water boy, um, Billy Madison and happy Gilmore, uh, So we have a recurring uh, love interest, um, not the character, but um, Julie Bowen, who was uh, uh, his love interest in um, Happy Gilmore. And she also has the double V alliterative, which so there are five. There are five double V alliteratives. um, Can you name them all? I think so. So in Billy Madison, it's Veronica Vaughn um billy's third grade teacher uh um i can't think of the actress's name if you have your computer there if you can access it i don't know now are we good yeah connor pretended <laughs> to fucking search the actress's name from billy madison when i asked him to by smashing his hands on the keyboard and stopped the recorder.
1: Yeah, because the keyboard is the thing that controls the computer. I don't know if y'all knew that, if you're tech-savvy, but um, anyway.
0: (laughs) So, all right, do you want to confirm that the only thing we looked up was the name of the actress from Billy Madison?
1: Well, I also looked up some hot and heavy pictures of Waluigi in just his overalls. Yeah, well,
0: that's that. But in regards to me proving my wonderful knowledge of the double V alliterative uh, actresses,
1: I didn't coach Max on the other VV names.
0: (laughs) So yeah, it's uh, you said her Bridget Wilson.
1: Yeah. Bridget Wilson-Sampras, credited in Billy Madison as Bridget Wilson, born in 1973 in Gold Beach, Oregon,
0: <laughs> USA, baby! So she plays Veronica Vaughn, and then Julie Bowen plays uh, Virginia Vennett in Happy Gilmore, and then we got um, Feruza Balk in The Waterboy as Vicky Valancourt. Oh, shit. I got to rewatch the Waterboy. And then Patricia Arquette in Little Nicky as Valerie Varan. And then number five is Julie Bowen in Hubie Halloween as Violet Valentine. Hell yeah. I feel like there are so many. And like they have a lot of these staples. Like Obviously, they've done it... I'm giving Max a dollar because he won. Thank you. <laughs> it's too far away You're, to run. I appreciate that. Yeah. Comedy <laughs> Gold. <laughs> That's for one person. Yeah.
1: Maybe my brother if he's listening.
0: <laughs> oh, hey, I found my phone. I didn't know where it was, but I found it. But I don't need it. Um, <laughs> but I, so I think, like, obviously they have a lot of those, like, recurring like, running jokes and things throughout the movies, but in Hubie Halloween, it almost feels like they're drawing attention to it in more of a, like... I don't know. It feels like a, like it's loving, like an homage yeah. in a way, where it's, like, um, I don't know. I guess, like, a celebration of, like, the good times that they had making those movies in the past. Their oeuvre. Yeah, you know, and I mean, it doesn't go through all of them although i was looking at um like a list of connections through these movies and i apparently they've been like you know there's um what's kevin james's character in grown-ups like his name uh is like mentioned in the wedding singer or something just like as like you know just like a name that somebody speaks in a scene but um yeah, I'm. A I don't name know. That somebody speaks <laughs> in a scene. I think that there is something that's very special about Hubie Halloween. Um, that is that is meta in a way, but not like an annoying Dan Harmon way.
1: Yeah. Although, uh, yeah, I I th- I think the you're, I get what you're saying. I'm ready. It, uh, you're not,
0: a, yeah, you're more forgiving of Dan Harmon than me.
1: Yeah, <laughs> maybe in a writer sense, maybe not so much in a a, a personal as a person sense. Yeah, but I do. Uh, that is a good point. It is like less like in your face aggressive, making fun of the fact that it's meta. Mm-hmm. It's less of a showy.
0: Oh, look at me! I'm being meta over here. It, yeah, no, it doesn't feel that way at all. But yeah. it's just like. It's, you know, if you know, then you know. Yeah. Like,
1: I won't say who pops up in the very first scene, but there is a character. Uh, yeah, played yeah. by a certain dude who has appeared in other movies mm-hmm. and it had been so long since I'd seen the movie where he originated from that I forgot it was a reference to another Happy Madison movie. Yeah, yeah. So it still works as like if you know that guy you're like, oh, that guy. Mm-hmm. And if you don't it just it still fits within the context of the story. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah. And I think that what's really cool about Hubie Halloween is that it's, you know, kind of like uh, the Goosebumps movie that came out a few years ago. It's that kind kind of like family movie that does have like it's very much tinged with horror yeah that it feels like it's it's a good movie to introduce children to the genre Because as a grown man
1: there were certain things specifically in the third act that i won't get into mm-hmm. but it was and this was something I was wondering from the trailer—is like how sinister it was going to get. Yeah, it gets pretty gosh darn sinister. It is. Yes. I was uh, nervous,
0: <laughs> if there to say the least. There are moments. where, Yeah, it. Um, Hubie Halloween is there is the conflict is much higher stakes than you may expect. Yeah. From the movie, though, if you've seen the trailer, um, I think like us, you're like, oh shit, like this is the real deal. Yeah. Like. He, as, as much of like a family comedy as it is, Hubie Halloween is a genre film.
1: Yeah. And if you were, if you wanted something, I've never seen these films, but I've heard they're disappointing in this regard. Hmm. But if you wanted something actually more scary out of Boo, a Medea Halloween, <laughs> I think this is the movie that you, that people wanted. A funny but also kind of sinister halloween flick right from a beloved uh, comedic persona I-
0: exactly and so i think and it's not the tone of the movie that's sinister necessarily no it's but pretty light they don't they just don't hold back on the idea that like something is afoot and it's not good yeah you know like by like real world standards yeah you know there is some crimes going on
1: Oh uh, no! I was just—I was gonna do another comedy bang bang reference, but uh, I've been put in my place. I'm not gonna do that anymore. I don't think uh, we can. We can't. No. We legally we can't. I yeah. heard from Mr. Ackerman. Oh really? And he
0: knows. <laughs> I'm just gonna bail on that like, immediately. Hey, stop. That's yeah. It.
1: I did almost steal a joke from Scott Ackerman one time where we were at a meet and greet, mm. and somehow the I was next to meet him. But the person behind me in line, like, got in before me. Right. So I'm standing awkwardly off to the side. And they told him uh, they had just graduated. And my instinct was to be, oh, congratulations. <laughs> uh, but I bit my tongue. Uh-huh. And he said it. And I was like, it's, it's better coming from him. Yeah. The person that they care about. As opposed to this stranger who is awkwardly <laughs> standing by. <laughs> Their comedy hero.
0: Hey, yeah. Hey, now. Hey, now don't dream
1: of monsters please don't uh if if there's anything you can do this halloween it's don't dream of monsters i had a spooky dream i won't get into it but it was very scary yeah
0: well it sounded less like spooky dream and more just like a nightmare about being murdered
1: yeah i was (laughs) murdered in a dream and i i there was a point where i thought like oh i'm i'm not gonna get out of this Mm i am dead
0: it's weird (laughs) like dreams you would hope would be an escape
1: yeah and i i wish i woke up earlier Mm -hmm. like because they say you wake up when like you would die die yeah yeah But i was at the point where like i wasn't gonna recover but i wasn't dead yet from my wounds yeah so i just had to accept death and then sit in that and then wake up and the saddest part was i went back to bed and I had a dream that I was explaining this to someone else. Mm-hmm. And I was like petting and talking to my cat while explaining this crazy murder dream. Yeah. And then I woke up and realized I don't have a cat. And that made me more sad <laughs> than being murdered.
0: Honest, I, <laughs> I feel like it is more sad. Yeah. You know, because you're alive when you don't have a cat. Exactly. Once you're murdered, you're not around to feel bad about it. Yeah. Unless you're a ghost, I guess.
1: Yeah. Unless, speaking of ghosts... Yeah. I did a segue! Hey there! Gonna pat myself on the back. Yeah! Phasmophobia. It's the latest craze that's sweeping the nation. Mm-hmm. Um, The scariest thing is disconnecting from the server, because their network code can't handle the amount of people playing it. Yay. For those unfamiliar with phasmophobia, it is a hot new... It's the hot new piece of ass in the PC scene
0: i hate that
1: i know you would and i said it anyway i hate that so much i'm sorry mom um it is uh it's a basically it's ghost adventures the game
0: that sounds like it was made for me
1: right and that's why uh i've, I, I've been desperate to get max to play this
0: if i had a more accessible computer to do so then i would
1: that but- wasn't in a, a a mess of filth stink
0: yes exactly yeah but you know anyway which
1: is not max's fault i want to say it's yes it's someone else's uh world of filth exactly. that you would have to inhabit mm-hmm. to play the game
0: and it's like i've been there like i've had my own world of filth that has been to that level before
1: yeah we're not judging anybody here.
0: but it's like you know when it's your mess it's different
1: yeah because you're in control of it mm-hmm. but if it's somebody else's and yeah. you just have to sit in it it's like i'd rather not
0: yeah exactly but but um, yeah, that ga- from what you've told me, which is that I guess you play online with multiple people and you all kind of take a different role in the ghost investigation team. Yeah.
1: So I've been playing with uh, my brother, my stepbrother, and me. That's my new podcast. I think we're going to be cleared legally. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I've been playing with my brother, my stepbrother, and their friends. And what you do is you all start off in like the ghost truck. And you have a limited amount of equipment and you have a limited amount of spots for stuff you can carry. Mm. So like you'll divvy up the equipment between you. So one person will get like an EMF reader. Um, One person will get like a spirit box, which is basically just like a radio that the ghost can communicate to you with.
0: Yeah. Does the the spirit box in the game make like the constant like static whooshing sound when it's turned on?
1: It's constantly flipping through the different frequencies yeah, to get yeah. the, the white noise, and you have a whiteboard that says the name of the ghost, Ooh. whether it will respond to you if you're all together, or whether or not you have to be alone, and what, like, different objectives. Mm-hmm. So, like, some ghosts you'll have to stop from hunting you with a crucifix, um, some ghosts you'll have to get an EMF reading on, oh. and... There's also like, I think, eight different types of ghosts. Okay. So you don't know what type of ghost it is. So even if there's like, even if an EMF reader thing is your objective, you might also want to grab a thermometer because freezing temperatures per se will be an indicator of a certain type of ghost.
0: Oh, I thought it was like, you know, because just to make sure that they don't have a fever. Oh, yeah. Because if you're going to, you know.
1: You all have the first thing you have to do is y'all have to uh, check everyone if everyone got tested recently. <laughs> yeah, You do the and it it is weird because it is the same type of thermometer, the non-contact forehead thermometer. Thing. Sure, sure. So it's it's not it's a little too real. That sometimes. shit is magic to me. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I don't understand how that works whatsoever. It's like this laser tells you what how hot stuff is, and I'm like, okay, Mister Wizard. It was so bizarre to be
1: delivering pizzas, like, when all this shit started to break, because, mm. like, I saw the different levels of precaution that were implemented sure. in, like, nursing homes and stuff, because at first you would go in, and I'm going to get back to phasmophobia, because I really want to talk about this. Yeah, yeah, But yeah. this is the real world scary. Mm-hmm. Um... You're welcome. This is a distraction from all that, and I'm just still reminding you guys. I'm so
0: sorry. <laughs> I, well, that is – this is a segue to something that I wanted to talk to in general, but – Oh, okay. Should we save it for after phasmophobia then? I Maybe because it leads really well into – Okay. So we'll talk about phasmophobia. Oh, yeah. I'll tell
1: my pizza stories. Um, <laughs> so it's – you have to each collect individual information. So there are, like uh, – you can grab, like, a video camera, and you mm-hmm. have to set it up. And someone will have to, like, stay in the truck to watch the video camera
0: and see if there's any ghost orbs on the video. That's cool. So you get to be, like, one person gets to be the scaredy cat who stays behind.
1: Yeah. Nice. And you don't you don't have to. You can, like, all go in. But it does behoove your team to have a scaredy cat. Good word. Which can lead to some uh, cool emergent storytelling mm. in that when you start off, you have a limited number of equipment because you don't have money to buy shit. So when we all started playing, we could only afford one flashlight. And for some reason, we gave it to the most scared person on our team. (laughs) So a lot of the game was us trying to convince the person to follow
0: us because we (laughs) couldn't see shit. And they were like, no, like, I'm not going. Yeah. Like, is it it that same kind of, like, Silent Hill, like, survival horror scary? Kind of, yeah. Um, You have five minutes to get in and get as much
1: evidence as you can okay because not every ghost will have every indicator like some ghosts don't present ghost orbs some ghosts don't present uh don't talk to the spirit box Mm. so you kind of have to try everything and after five minutes the ghost can kill you and once you are killed uh you become a ghost and then you can see everybody else Mm. but they can't hear or communicate with you so it leads to this fun thing of like, there was this one point where I got killed pretty early mm-hmm. and I was hovering around the spirit box. Right. And we just didn't know the mechanics. So that's the one thing I hope they add like some sort of light communication from beyond the grave. But it did lead to a fun thing where my brother can't hear me because the game mutes you once you die. Mm. But I was right by my brother and he was like, he looked up at me even though he couldn't see me as I like, Connor, my brother, is that you? And I was like, Pat, it's me. It's me. And I'm like pressing all the buttons to try and talk to him. Uh, so there's a lot of fun storytelling beats that just kind of evolve naturally. Out yeah, of the yeah. Ghost hunt. And it's cool because another mechanic I really like is there's local chat and there's walkie talkie chat. Oh, right. So you, you have to this. go around the house and call out the ghost name and ask the typical questions. Can you give us a sign? Mm-hmm. How old were you when you died? Yeah. Um, and if you just press the local chat, if I'm upstairs, it'll automatically add effects. So it sounds like I'm upstairs.
0: Hell yeah. So
1: you'll hear me like,
0: can you give us a sign?
1: Can you give us a sign? (laughs) But like, if you're in the truck and you want to talk to everybody, you can't hear anybody. So you have to go on the walkie talkie Mm. and it's just super neat and super fun. And I'm vamping because there was one more neat thing I wanted to point out about the game. Uh, Oh, it's also, like, it's not as scary as, like, Amnesia or Outlast. Okay. Like, when you die, it's not so much a jump scare as you being like, oh, I'm fucked. Okay. Um, But it is, like, it is scary when you go into a room and you throw the spirit box down and you say, can you give us a sign? And the spirit box says, here, here, here that's like oh Mm -hmm. so it's it's pretty neat um the problem is it's i think the development team is really small it may just be one person okay so sometimes it's taken us like an hour to all get in the game and get it working because like the network is really taxed okay so unfortunately some of the scariest most tense stuff in the game has come from wondering if the game will work and there have been times where I got booted from the server, and all my shit was just left behind, but there was no trace of me. Oh, so I like to believe it's a black lodge situation. Oh, where yeah, I nice. just get yeah <laughs> sucked into another dimension, new galaxy, <laughs> boom, intergalactic baby. Mm-hmm.
0: So do you, do you have thoughts on phasmophobia or did you I, want to go to? Well, no, story? it sounds great, but I haven't played it. Yeah. I mean, it sounds, it literally sounds like my kind of video game. I think we've talked about this some um, on here, uh, here, but, oh yeah. I mean, it might've been the first episode or something, but we've talked about how much I enjoy, uh, um, ghost adventures. I almost said ghost watch, but Hey, that's what, you oh, know, why not? That's we're going to get to that. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's i mean you know because halloween is coming up so and that's like that's my one i think go-to tradition like watch on halloween movie for the last few years has been ghost watch
1: yeah because others in that canon of like this is the movie i want to watch on halloween mm-hmm. include stuff like um evil dead 2 yeah and Houseu, but those like if i miss a year i'm okay with it Especially because we talked about this, I talked about this with a friend, and we've talked about it briefly, mm-hmm. of like, going back and forth between preferring The Evil Dead to Evil Dead 2, because mm-hmm. they're like, they are so different tonally, yeah. and both have like so much to offer. Oh, yeah. Like, The Evil Dead hits so fucking hard, that and it's he- so great in its own right. Mm-hmm. Um, But... In terms of like, I need to watch this on Halloween every goddamn year, it's motherfucking ghost watch,
0: oh, yeah, absolutely. yeah. And I think this year this year, I watched I watched um the first Evil Dead a few weeks ago not i mean i've seen that movie so many fucking times but it had been a really long time since i'd seen it yeah and i was like oh i think i'm this i think this one might be my favorite because usually when you ask like what's your favorite evil dead movie like the answer for most evil dead fans is going to be evil dead 2 yeah because it's it's evil dead 2 if you've seen it you know um it's it's super fun
1: it's got all like the fun of army of darkness mm -hmm. while also like being
0: scary and having the cabin the wood setting and like this like this so there's pretty much no blood in army of darkness but like that's because they used all of the fake blood that they had uh available uh on evil dead 2 yeah there was no fake blood left by the time they made army of darkness
1: there was a national shortage in the <laughs> horror community <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um but, but evil the evil dead yeah yeah has so many fucking iconic shots to the point where the first time i saw anything from the evil dead was donnie darko when they go to watch oh, it in the movie right i
0: forgot and it's such a good nancy's watching uh the evil dead on tv uh in the original nightmare on elm street at one point as well
1: oh yeah is not that because is it e- the evil dead or yep. evil dead 2 it's where the, the evil dead
0: has a the hills have eyes poster in the basement that you can see in the background at one point and it's all torn up right to it's, be like yeah well yeah. it's like it's like wha- like torn in half or something but yeah. like you you know what it is
1: because they're like this movie is even scarier than the hills have eyes <laughs> that- this movie tears this shit in half
0: Yeah, hey. I mean, well it does. I think I love the I think the Hills Have Eyes is great. Um, but The Evil Dead it's the Evil Dead. It's a masterpiece. It is. And it's
1: on Netflix right now, right? In case anyone wants to go watch it.
0: It is on Netflix. And it's I think when I think about the Evil Dead, I don't often think about like all the fun camera work that is still in that movie. 100% hundred percent um I usually forget how visually inventive the first one is yeah um in like in my mind it's just like it's a lot grimier and more like the Texas chainsaw massacre where it just feels super raw but it has that balance where it does feel raw but then at the same time it's like how the fuck did they do this camera move you know yeah and it also the script is just so goddamn tight um it's really really just a a wonderful movie and i i feel and this is not to say i like evil dead 2 less now but maybe it's just because i've seen that one so many more times yeah it's also
1: like it's definitely a good horror movie and there's freaky stuff about it but it's more i don't know what the word for it is it's like super duper fun Mm -hmm. and i don't want to say like a more of a casual watch but the evil dead feels more like i would pick that more as like a seasonal favorite like if i'm gonna pick a movie to watch on halloween i think i would gravitate more towards the evil dead whereas evil dead 2 is kind of like a comfort movie i would throw on any old time yeah
0: definitely
1: not that i can't watch the evil dead endlessly because
0: i totally can oh without a doubt
1: but it feels more in the spirit of the season while also still being like a super fun time
0: oh yeah absolutely it's just that evil dead 2 has about a hundred percent more buster keaton influence than uh the first one does and that you know that's goes that's you know and there's more of a sense of
1: like dread it's like the evil dead is much more ominous than evil dead 2 oh without a doubt um the just the fucking sound design of like the bench hitting Mm -hmm. the and like everything whacking against the house and that over the head shot of them grabbing the key I'm I'm probably gonna watch the Evil Dead tonight.
0: <laughs> it's oh yeah, dude. Yeah. Last time I, I watched it a few weeks ago and it was just almost like watching it again for the first time. Oh hey, look, I just looked over at your shelf and saw it. It's sticking out. Yeah. Sticking out there.
1: That Blu-ray is pretty neat because um it was shot I think the original aspect ratio was shot in is one point three three to one. Okay. It was shot in a more of a square aspect ratio and then cropped for the theatrical aspect ratio sure and that blu-ray has the open mat version on it oh really which is really neat yeah
0: that's cool um
1: oh and i wanted to jump back to um when we were talking about you were like how the fuck did they get these shots yeah yeah because the camera work is super inventive even in the first one you can look it up there are drawings of the diagrams of everything they built online and it is like way simpler than you thought like, a lot of the shots are, it's, like, a long piece of wood, and the camera's in the center, mm-hmm. and it's just two people on either end of the piece of wood.
0: Oh, yeah, like, I know, I knew that that's how they got the shot, uh, going, like, across the lake. Yeah. Which is fucking wild. Yeah. They're just, like, they're on land, going across, and then it just keeps going across the top of the water, and it's like, this. this shouldn't work. No, but it, it fucking does. It does. And
1: I think it's a real, it's a really good lesson to any aspiring filmmakers out there is like all this stuff is possible, Mm -hmm. you know, with the right sort of know-how and inventiveness. And if you feel like, oh, but I don't have that know-how. In this day and age, you can learn it so easily. Yeah. You could just like look up the diagrams and build it yourself. Mm -hmm. Go get some lumber. Hell yeah. You know, yeah. Put it together.
0: Simple.
1: Just got to find the right dentist to give you money that's how they crowdfunded it right wasn't it a bunch of dentists yeah
0: pretty much they like um like dentists neighbors things like that yeah um they made like a sizzle reel basically and were like hey so this is you know give us money and we'll make more of like this but with more money and it's amazing that that worked
1: It is. But it makes sense. Like, it's a, I feel like it's a sound investment because you can make horror movies on the cheap Mm -hmm. and they generally have pretty fucking good returns.
0: That's true. But I mean, I don't know if in 1982. Two is that 82 is when it was released i think so they would have been i don't know if like back then there was much guarantee that like independent horror cinema would make any kind of money
1: oh yeah well that's i mean yeah because you have to trust that the kids down the block are going to get the job done yeah you know
0: you know like there is there is a universe where the evil dead is just like like a regional horror movie that would have disappeared until vinegar syndrome found it and restored it, you know? And that's the, that's,
1: I mean, without the last part, the last part is the little bit of glimmer of hope. Well, if it just stayed as a regional thing that like, we didn't know about, Mm -hmm. like that's the scariest thing we've said on this podcast. Oh yeah. imagining if that, yeah yeah an obscure thing that we didn't have access to mm-hmm. but just like
0: heard tale of horror wouldn't be what it is today without that movie that movie is one of the most influential american horror films of the 20th century yeah um watch blood simple there's evil dead shots in it yeah straight up yeah they, they were buds um, even in uh yeah they all live together right i don't know maybe
1: the coen brothers it was the coen brothers uh sam raimi and i believe holly hunter were all roomies Oh wow! Yeah,
0: how about that?
1: How about that? <laughs> how about that? Hi,
0: I'm Howie. How about that? Oh no! And I'm all about it. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's good. oh go bye, bye, Howie. It was nice to meet you. Um,
1: who? Where the fuck did that person come from? And know. where
0: did they go? I think the window behind you is open.
1: Oh. That's weird because if y'all are familiar with the windows in my place, you can't like go out of them. Yeah, no,
0: it they're on uh, the roof.
1: Okay. Anyway. <laughs> go oh, we should talk. We like this was all set up for Ghost Watch, but we haven't even dipped into that. The, oh yeah. Okay, so if y'all haven't seen Ghost Watch, <laughs> mm-hmm. it is how do we recommend people watch it on YouTube? Because it's like hard to I, you, I feel weird about that but if it's you, hard to find right now
0: if you have a subs is it on shutter it's not on shutter it's not anymore. on Shutter right now shit
1: you can you get the dvd for like pretty it's like 14 bucks on amazon um but i think it's a region 2 dvd yeah if it's the one that i have i have the
0: one i have is region 2 um, which i think should work on like a
1: ps4 yeah. if y'all have that or maybe your computer too mm-hmm.
0: the first time i watched it was on youtube yeah, uh, I feel like sometimes that's kind of the only way to access something like that because it's a TV movie, yeah. you know, and it doesn't have any kind of Blu-ray release. Um, and as far as I know, it doesn't have a U.S. release at all
1: and i think the dvds on amazon are used anyway so i don't think we're like taking money out of anyone's pockets yeah. by recommending the youtube one
0: i think just let, seek out Ghostwatch and watch it any way you can but if you can find a way to do so legally then that is the way that obviously we recommend yeah um but it's there's nothing i don't think that there's anything like ghost watch it is the scariest movie i've ever seen
1: yeah to this day like every year and this is i feel like this is the same with everyone i've introduced it to Mm -hmm. and everyone who is a fan of ghost watch we all have the same thought of every halloween when we sit down to watch it that it's not going to be as scary as the last time Mm -hmm. because we've seen it so many times so this time it's not going to get me Mm -hmm. and then the credits roll and you're just like fuck yeah it's literally it,
0: it's so easy to underestimate. I don't yeah. know if I've ever like shown that movie to somebody who like was generally like genuinely prepared for it. Yeah, like you tell them it's like this is the scariest movie I've ever seen, and they're like, "Okay, Max." It's like yeah. you you've said a lot of things about movies. Like I know, like I'm very I'm a very hyperbolic person when it comes to things that I like. Um ghostwatch i've as this scare the most a movie has ever shaken me in terms of like feeling scared not like feeling like like distressed or like the way that like you know fucking um i watched that movie uh new order a mexican film from this year it's like it doesn't make me feel the same way like a like funny games does where it's like oh well now i'm just fucking sad um but like scared of the other side yeah in like a real like it's like oh essential dread ghost, kind of way. ghosts are real yeah and they want to hurt me
1: mm-hmm. and they're going to mm-hmm. and there's nothing i can fucking do about it
0: and i just i love the lore behind ghost watch uh, which if you're unfamiliar you won't be in a minute because i'm gonna tell you yeah um <laughs> but so it aired on halloween night uh, in 1992, uh, it was a it was a BBC production, and it aired during like a drama time slot. Like normally, they would have had some kind of like fictional narrative, yeah. Like in this time slot, um, but what they showed was Ghostwatch. So Ghostwatch is fictional, but it's presented as. Uh, a real-life investigation of a haunted house. Um, so we're cutting back from the studio where we have Michael Parkinson, who is a... Or he was... I'm not sure if he is still alive or not. I almost comedy bang-banged us. Um, with, But, um, yeah. So I don't know if Michael Parkinson's alive or not. But... Um so it's Michael Parkinson and a um what's the word, man? All of the everybody except for the
1: family who lives in the haunted house were real BBC journalists. Right. They were real presenters, television personalities.
0: And, but um it's so in the studio they have a parapsychologist as well. Oh, yeah. Who had mm-hmm. been uh working with the family to kind of get down to what's happening to them because the ghost that they were claiming was in their house was affecting things physically. So we're cutting back and forth between the studio and the investigation team at the house. And like Connor just said, everybody that we are seeing with the exception of the family were actual bbc newscasters playing themselves like doing things that they would normally be doing on you know bbc investigations or whatever just sorry it was ghost watch
1: yeah and it feels super fucking genuine oh yeah there's it's played they play it so well and the performances are so good Mm. that you can really see it feels like a believable bbc halloween live event and part of the inception was it was supposed to be a multi-part series so there were going to be i believe like six episodes mm-hmm. that would have led up to the live episode on halloween night um but they thought they could save on the budget and just like kind of cut to the chase so to speak by just having the finale episode be the live event sure and the bbc was kind of hesitant about the idea as a whole because they didn't want people to believe it was real yeah so they mandated that there was a, a written by credit at the beginning of the program mm-hmm. so which it says, there is yeah it says written by Stephen volk one of the problems being you know it was at a time where if you just tuned in yeah. like 30 seconds late mm-hmm. you missed that credit and you just see real bbc presenters doing a live event and they're all acting as if this is a real thing that's going on.
0: And so there is also a, they have, you know, the BBC call in number flash on the screen, which was the actual BBC call in number at the time. And they have a phone bank and they're like, you know, call us. We want to hear your experiences with ghosts and this and that and blah, blah, blah. So when you, the audience watching at home dialed this number. You were supposed to get a message that was like, happy Halloween. Hope you're enjoying ghost watch. You know, we're going to get back to the regularly scheduled stuff tomorrow, but it's like, you know, spooky. Happy Halloween. Leave your ghost story at the message. Bye. So what ends up happening is as things start to ramp up, in the house more people are calling into the studio so their lines are getting tied up this unfortunately coincided with real life audience members calling in en masse to the point where they were getting a busy signal and not getting through to the message that was like hey happy halloween ghost watch is fake yep and so Ghostwatch goes hard.
1: It goes hard. That's we're going to we're not going to get super into it because yeah. we want to preserve the mystery of Ghostwatch. Oh, yeah. But that is also like a pre-planned plot point was the phone banks being engaged, mm-hmm. but they weren't supposed to be actually engaged. Yeah. You were supposed to call and be like, oh, it's like engaged in the show. I like but that like,
0: you're saying engaged. Yeah.
1: Well, that that's what, you know i think that's what they they say i know that, that's yeah. why that's why i
0: said that i thought it was funny yeah. instead of just saying that the line was busy you're using the the um i used
1: to summer in merry old england and were you trying to accent there no not at all that's that was part of the joke is that i wasn't even trying to affect the accent um, but yeah no yeah and that's part of why if you like show it to somebody it Cause most of it is like it starts off very slow and it takes its time in like the best way. Oh yeah, it, and it like that's part of what really gets you is that it doesn't seem scary for most of watching Ghost Watch. Mm-hmm. It's things are okay and they even deflate the tension at some points where you're like, oh, all right. Much like there's a part in like Mungo where you're like, oh, okay, nothing spooky's happening, and then bam <laughs> it just fucking hits you
0: oh yeah absolutely well so my thing with lake mungo i like that movie a lot but when it was over i was like well i just i just feel like like mungo is a lot more sad than it is scary like yeah. that movie, when it was over i was like oh well that was great but it was really sad it didn't really spook me out or anything like that well, but i i get what you mean though
1: the thing with like mungo is there's one scare in the movie oh yeah that's and it. it's
0: fucking haunting. Oh, it, it is. No, it's very yeah. it is super duper effective. Um I so I don't mean to say like like Mungo is not a great right. horror movie, but it plays like a really excellent drama as well. Yeah.
1: Um, but I think my comparison still stands oh, without is that they it, oh, both of course, of course. take their time and kind of like gently pull you back from the edge mm-hmm. and they put a warm blanket on you and they say everything is going to be okay and then all of a sudden shit just like is unleashed upon you. Oh,
0: absolutely. So and that's this thing. And like if you were watching one of those real shows, like that's kind of how it would go is that nothing would really happen. Yeah, You know? and then stuff happens. So and let's just say that uh yeah, not everybody saw the written by credit at the beginning. And uh the well let's it was like when Orson Welles did his radio show. Yeah, how uh, he did War of the Worlds back in uh the 40s or 50s.
1: Yeah, and I think we're kind of tiptoeing around the the consequences of the broadcast, right? Like we should probably mention what happened.
0: Oh yeah, I mean, so what g- people thought it was real, and Ghost Watch ended up, or they thought it was real up into a point, obviously, where it's clearly not. Yeah. Um, but so Ghost Watch ended up being banned from or being rebroadcast on BBC for. Like at least twenty years or something. I don't know if it's ever been rebroadcast yeah. to this day. Um and also just traumatized tons of fucking people, you know, who were like children watching this shit on TV and it's like, oh, uh this is horrifying.
1: Well, very tragically, a man took his own life.
0: Oh, right.
1: Because That's he, true.
0: Yeah. He um
1: I don't I don't know how to properly explain this Mm -hmm. but he was um so there was there was a gentleman who quite tragically had an intellectual disability and fully believed it was real and ended up taking his own life Mm. and that's a large part of why it was banned from broadcast for 20 years yeah and it is definitely like a adds a very somber note to the proceedings Mm -hmm. um and it's just like But even with, because I I never think about this, we are as old as Ghostwatch, pretty much. Oh, yeah. We are just a few months older than Ghostwatch. Mm -hmm. About,
0: what, six months or so?
1: Yeah. So even with all that time, almost 30 years Mm. since the broadcast of the program, fully knowing the history of it and its inception uh, and how it's fake, Mm -hmm. when you watch it, it does certain things that, like, there's really neat editing tricks. Oh, yeah. So, what they're basically... uh, This family claims they're being haunted by this spirit known as Pipes. And the parapsychologist, at the beginning of the program, presents evidence to show, like, what they've collected to prove that Pipes is there. Mm -hmm. And they do these really interesting things where there's a shot of uh, the children's bedroom and Pipes is visible like, behind their curtains. Yeah. And the first time you see it, he is, like, pretty visible. But it just, it's a brief shot, and then when they go back to it, He's at, like, 10% opacity. Because
0: somebody calls in to say that they saw something. Oh, yeah. So they look back. And then it's also this pipes is sprinkled in the background throughout Ghost Watch too. Yeah. So it just adds to that level of verisimilitude where it's like, all right, somebody called in and said they saw something. And, like, I'm pretty fucking sure I just saw something, too. So and then you call in and get a busy signal. And it's yeah. Like, what the fuck but then
1: when you see it again and you don't see something you're mm-hmm. like wait did i see something and it makes you question yourself and then when you re-watch it knowing where like all the pipe sightings are and you're like ah fuck he was there the whole time mm. he was right fucking there it's just ah uh, it's it's so chilling
0: it really is it's so good yeah. and there i think there is a moment or two where the camera like double takes where, like, the cameraman thinks he sees something.
1: Oh, shit, really? I think uh, so, yeah. There's, yeah. like, it's
0: in a reflection where, like, it pan away and then pan back real quick oh. and he's not there.
1: Yeah, in the kitchen.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, man, it's so good. Is WNFU a Halloween special basically Ghostwatch?
1: Yeah, it is. that's the tough thing. Uh, if you want to watch WNUF Halloween special, I would recommend watching it first. Because it does a similar thing of, like, it ramps up to, like, actual spooky scary stuff. Mm. And as someone who had, like, seen Ghostwatch so many times, it was disappointing. But that harkens back to our endless discussion about expectations. Yeah. Where, like, nothing can match Ghostwatch. And WNF Halloween special is super fucking great. Mm. And I think this is maybe the best way to describe it. Uh, the best way I can describe it, let's say, is that WNUF Halloween special is, Hall- is Evil Dead 2 and Watch is Evil Dead. Okay. Like, Watch just hits so hard and is so great and sure. is super scary. Um, but I think part of the charm for WNUF Halloween special is the not scary stuff.
0: Oh, right, because there are commercials and things too, right?
1: Yeah, it's presented as if someone taped off this Halloween broadcast... So, whereas Ghostwatch is an uninterrupted block of programming Mm -hmm. where it's just the haunted house investigation, WNUF Halloween special shows, like, the local commercials and stuff, which are all fake. And they had a bunch of different directors. Oh, cool. So, people do, like, individual commercial segments.
0: Oh, wow. That's awesome. That does sound fun.
1: Yeah. And that was shot with, like... Uh, studio cameras from the time oh like it's so it's not like them putting on um like an effect or a filter or anything (sighs) it's all using period technology so it's all that stuff is super fun and it works as like a fun like kind of like sketch anthology thing Mm -hmm. and the horror stuff isn't bad it just doesn't match the level of ghost watch sure
0: i get that though but i i i like that like that offshoot of found footage where it's like, this isn't found footage necessarily. It's like a finished, like, faux documentary. Yeah. Like, Norway the Curse. Yeah. Know? Like, that's not. Like, this is, you know, footage that we found and cut together. It's like, this is a program we made about this fucked up thing that happened, like, with this guy and his investigation and what happened to him after the investigation. Um, I recommended that movie to somebody recently, and they really liked it. The Curse. Yeah, I I recommended a bunch of um, horror movies to them. They liked Angst a lot. They turned off Man Bites Dog. Yeah, that's, yeah and i was like yeah i did that too the first time i watched it um but man bites dog is a, is just a tough movie yeah in general because it's so like the tone of that movie is so strange because it's like funny but also like horrifying to watch and you just feel sick to your stomach the whole time yeah and it's like sometimes you want to laugh but it's also like i'm terrified it's yeah man man bites dog is in. I'm not going to recommend it because yeah. it's not for everybody. No, it's the kind of movie that you should really know what you're going to watch before you watch it. You know, yeah. like Just really the content can certainly trigger some feelings that you probably wouldn't want uh, in a lot of people. Yeah, it's the kind
1: of thing where like, I don't think anyone should be. I don't want anyone to be surprised by what is in that film. No. The more you know about what occurs in that film, going into it the better mm-hmm. because it really like is not I I can't like we were saying we can't recommend it to everybody. Um but it is a very good movie.
0: So and that's the hard part too cuz it's like you want somebody to know what they're getting into with yeah. a movie like that, but then at the same time you 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 don't want people to know like every detail about a movie before going in because right. then it kind of takes away from the experience and the experience of watching man bites dog should be extreme discomfort you yeah. know um which it is you know even when i watched it a i think the the first time i watched it i didn't finish it and then i watched it again with an x and i was like i don't think this movie is for me um And then a few years later, we saw it on 35mm, which was great. And I was like, oh, okay, this is a great movie, uh, but I don't think I need to watch it again for a while. Which I really don't say about a lot of movies. There are two movies where I I will never watch again. Cannibal Holocaust is one, and The Baby of Macon by Peter Greenaway is another. Oh, shit. If you've seen that movie through to the end then you fucking know why yeah and that's it's
1: it's interesting you bring up campbell holocaust because that is another movie where like it in a sense is found footage Mm. but there's also this like non-found footage narrative element that wraps it where it's um this dude going to this uh tribe of cannibals ingratiating himself with the cannibal showing respect and recovering footage that was shot by these documentary filmmakers and the way the film is structured is it cuts back between like him reviewing the footage and then preparing it for broadcast a la the curse Mm. so the curse is presented as like here's the program You're, you're watching basically the program dedicated to this footage yeah um whereas cannibal holocaust is about them like setting that up, mm-hmm. and the more he watches it, the more he's like, "Oh, we shouldn't broadcast this, right?" And this which is, yeah
0: is also very different from something like the Blair Witch, which is just like we found this shit and then kind of pieced it together so it was something. Here you go. Yeah. Um. And which, the interesting
1: thing about Cannibal Holocaust is it's another thing where like I definitely wouldn't recommend it to everybody. Mm. Um. I do think it is a great movie. Um but it very unfortunately features real animal death. And that is why that film is uh, very tough. So yeah, I saw Cannibal Holocaust on 35 millimeter with Robert Kerman in attendance, who plays the gentleman who recovers the footage. Mm. And I was speaking to him after the film and he has unfortunately passed uh, a couple years ago, but he was like the sweetest fucking dude, super duper nice. And he was talking about how like, he does stand by the movie like he Mm -hmm. does believe it's a good movie but he uh we we were talking about how and i've heard defenses for this before but i can't i don't really remember it nor do i think i fully believe in them personally Mm -hmm. um but i have heard arguments for why there's real animal death in the movie um but it It is the kind of thing where we were wondering why it couldn't have been a special effect. Yeah. Like, it doesn't seem like it would detract from the message of the movie at all. And it is an interesting thing, because neither of us are vegans.
0: No, like, and... we eat meat. I also stand by that as horrible as the animal stuff is in that movie, I am much more upset by the violence against humans which is all fictional in the movie yeah but that is the stuff that has really burned into my brain as being like the most upsetting things is what happens to the film crew at the end of the movie right spoilers for cannibal holocaust maybe yeah well
1: that's also the thing like i don't i don't necessarily think that counts as spoilers because the whole like that's the, the whole... beginning of the movie is that there i'm pretty sure that you know yeah, yeah they meet a terrible fate at the beginning of that movie mm. um and it is it goes back to like man bites dog where it's like it's supposed to be extremely uncomfortable mm-hmm. it, it's supposed to like it doesn't i don't think the film endorses what happens to the people although sure. it is it, it's a commentary on like uh it's partially a commentary on imperialism.
0: I can definitely see that. But yeah. it's also, I think it's a little heavy handed in that aspect, just based on the way the film crew treats the natives when they encounter them.
1: Yeah. But I also think that's like, it's very, that is realistic to how natives have been treated. And it's oh, its course. something that happened fairly recently where that the missionary went to go quote-unquote save that tribe Mm. and was murdered with arrows makes sense
0: yeah that but true i think missionaries should just mind their own business in all cases
1: yeah which i think this film is is saying with the and the documentary film crew this is these are minor spoilers but they um they instigate certain things within the tribe for the purpose of creating this sensationalized footage Mm -hmm. but I do 100% agree with you that the movie is very heavy-handed because I I feel comfortable spoiling this part.
0: Oh the, what, the voiceover at the end yeah. of the movie. The very end of the movie is
1: Robert Kerman finishes reviewing the footage and it you know he walks out into Manhattan and looks up at the sky and there's a voiceover where he says, "I wonder who the real cannibals are." <laughs> So it's, it is a very heavy-handed movie, yeah. but I do think it is a good movie. And it's got one of the best, like, pieces of score oh, in the a film song ever. the theme song rules. fucking rules. Yeah. It's
0: really great. It really is. A, the theme song I am more than happy to revisit, like, a lot. Um, but so was there a response from Robert Kerman regarding the animal violence? And oh, why it couldn't have been a special effect?
1: yeah no that was that was his point that he said to me he was like he was very saddened by it and yeah. was like wondered why it couldn't have just been uh, a practical effect and
0: it feels like i i don't i think that i don't think there's ever a justification for killing an animal on screen yeah for your movie i've seen it used in very effective ways in movies that i love you know But it doesn't matter if it's like, yeah, well, we got it the horse from a slaughterhouse that's like, all right, were they going to kill it with a fucking spear at the slaughterhouse, you know? So it's like, you know, I'm not going to fucking say, like, Tarkovsky should be posthumously canceled for, like, Andrei Rublev, which is arguably one of the greatest movies ever made. Yeah. Uh, I have not seen it, but I've seen uh pretty much all of Tarkovsky's other movies and I feel safe in saying that based on its reputation but even something like Wake and Fright which it turns the footage is more horrifying than they intended uh there is a scene in Wake and Fright where the main character goes on a kangaroo hunt and so it was and I guess in Australia kangaroos are like deer up here where it, their numbers are to the point where they're more so pests than anything else. Right. So the film crew went out with a group of kangaroo hunters to get this footage. But the kangaroo hunters were getting shit-faced. Like, absolutely fucking shit-faced. And it's really... It's, it is horrifying. Because it's just them going out and massacring all of these fucking kangaroos but in like the sloppiest of fashions yeah and it's so it's so horrifying but it is th- it's the only animal violence in the movie and it really is almost like a punctuation kind of yeah um
1: and it is interesting that you talk about how that horse was it a ho- you said a horse was on the way to the slaughterhouse i think it was but a it was- horse?
0: There's, they kill a horse in is it they kill a horse in andre rublev right it's weird
1: i've seen Andrey rublev mm-hmm. i don't remember that i thought i it, read about it i mean it could i i just i don't have a great memory so it's very possible mm-hmm. um the animal scenes in Cannibal holocaust are burned into my fucking mind yeah no but what i what i thought was interesting is like i do want to say i don't think like any of the ways animals are uh slaughtered in factory farms is like humane oh no no
0: no 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 no. i don't mean to say that whatsoever yeah. uh it's fucking despicable but then at the same time it's like there's a difference between a captive bolt rifle yeah. and
1: a spear a fucking spear absolutely you know yeah <laughs> well, um but I'm, I'm gonna transition to another topic okay but i do just like it's just it's it's like a little nugget stuck in my head seeing andre rublev was like one of the most transcendent film experiences I've ever had. Yeah, the like finale of that film is just so. I I don't want to be too like new agey about it. Yeah, yeah, But I was like, much like in Ghost Watch, hits you and like uh, all of a sudden you're just like horrified. Sure, and hell is real and <laughs> ghosts are real and you're super scared. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't. This is too strong for what this is too hyperbolic for how I actually felt. But it was the closest thing I got to like seeing God in a movie.
0: Well, I so it's like when I first the first time I saw and I'm very envious of you because I have unfortunately not gotten an opportunity to see any Tarkovsky on 35 millimeter, um, which so you saw it was a 35 millimeter print of Andrei Rublev, right? Yeah. So and that's... I believe it was the longer cut too. Ooh, ooh. But um, I have seen a couple of Tarkovsky movies in theaters, and, I mean, it's just—it's incredible to see that work on the big screen. It's so fucking immersive. But the first time I saw 2001 A Space Odyssey was on the big screen at uh, the Bardaban Opera House in yeah. uh Connor was there. Um, and I was like, oh, this is what it feels like to go to church yeah. when you, like, are into church, you know? Which
1: is why this whole this whole theater situation is like obviously there's other thing I want to qualify it with saying like there's other things in the world I wish changed first before oh, yeah. cinema's reopening. But it really does feel like we lost this communal space mm-hmm. where we can all gather to appreciate art. And I think this is a good time to think about like how we can make that communal space better. Oh yeah. Because the longer it goes without me having seen a movie the more comfortable I get with home viewing mm-hmm. and appreciate, like, not having to turn around and tell a couple, like, hey, shut the fuck up. Yeah, uh, <laughs> You are talking at, r- like, room volume mm-hmm. while we all pay to watch this movie in silence. Yeah. Or you doinks.
0: <laughs> like, uh, I'm w- uh, worrying about if the fucking projector is out of focus. Mm-hmm. Like, that one, there is, we live right, or I live right near a regal Cinema, and there is one theater there where the projector is perpetually just like slightly out of focus yep and it's so fucking annoying
1: and there have been many times where i've i've bothered these poor these poor kids Mm -hmm. who you know it's not their job to fix it but it's their job to like pass it up the chain Mm -hmm. but the people up the chain don't I feel like this is an assumption, but I feel like they don't give a shit well, I don't because f- there's so many, there's dozens of other people sitting in the theater who aren't complaining about it. Sure. But to us, it's very obvious because like we saw Parasite and it was just, it was blurry. Yeah. Like you oh, couldn't, sh- absolutely. there's a shot of that, uh, that street where you can see like the leaves on the wall mm-hmm. and those leaves were just circular blobs and I brought this dude in and be like, oh, it's out of focus. And he was like, He just waited and he's like, is it in focus now? And I was like, no. Do you mind like telling your manager? And then like nothing, nothing changed.
0: I don't, I just, I don't think they have projectionists. They don't. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like all has to be automated because they have so many different theaters that are projecting and it's all projecting digitally. So if you when you bring that up to somebody, it might not necessarily be that like, you know, it's definitely in part that they have other things that they have to worry about. But it's also that they don't have somebody on the premises who knows how to fix that problem. Yeah. And that is not how you should be operating a movie theater. And that's why it's been that like
1: that theater has been that way for years. Mm -hmm. Like it has been out of focus for years because they don't have projectionists and so i feel like this would be a good time for people to demand better presentation standards mm-hmm. and it's weird because the mentality is if it ain't broke don't fix it but it is broken it's oh, just yeah. that like not enough people care that it's broken mm-hmm. and it doesn't hurt their bottom line right. so like why 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 <laughs> get the person in to calibrate the machine if only like one random dude every so often is like
0: hey i can't watch parasite in focus (laughs) exactly but you know i mean i guess we'll see what happens apparently there are some theaters in new york that are reopening now in in certain counties i still don't know how i feel about going to a movie theater
1: they're open where we live are Um, they yeah how about that and i'm not gonna lie I'm going to be 100% honest with the folks at home. Mm. When I found out they were open, I was like, oh, I'm not going to fucking go. Yeah, yeah. But then the Friday they opened, I went on Fandango, which was a surreal experience to be looking at movie times after like six yeah, months. That,
0: that's it's weird that that happened, that you can do that now.
1: Yeah. And I did think I, I, I went through this process in my head mm. of, okay, if I went like at a 9 a.m. screening... And I like bought like a respirator and I wear gloves and I just like if uh, here's the thing if I go in and there's like more than like two people I'm fucking out like I'm just gonna leave (laughs) Mm -hmm. I'm gonna eat the cost of the ticket and I went through this whole process and I'm like this is not fucking worth it this is so not worth it Mm -hmm. I'm just gonna fucking stay at home because tenant will be out (laughs) eventually right and I can see it without like endangering my friends and family Mm -hmm. in this fucking because i always think about like the the ventilation system in the theater right how like maybe that screening wouldn't be well attended but how well are the underpaid workers actually able to like disinfect an entire fucking theater yeah that will be like so maybe my screening won't be well attended but what about all the other people throughout the day and i'm just like no this is like that one experience mm-hmm. is not worth any potential harm.
0: No, it's really not. Yeah. Um. So as much as I miss movies in the movie theater, you know, it's I can't. I w- I'd rather wait until it's safe. Yeah. Than same. Risk anything.
1: Uh. To wrap this up, do we want to? Because I really like the segment you. Mm texting me about were our childhood halloween costumes oh yeah 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 so let's let's get into that before we go (laughs) sure i I remembered some (laughs)
0: yeah i can remember oh man i remember in elementary school at one point being freddy krueger and i think that might have been before i had actually seen a nightmare on elm street i wasn't allowed to watch r-rated movies as a kid but i was still obsessed with like horror movies so i like seeing things edited for tv was like you know my holy grail yeah uh and unfortunately there weren't really i never got to see any of the nightmare on elm street movies edited for tv that was that was the first series i watched like in their theatrical cuts um And I think I'm pretty sure that the year I was Freddy Krueger, I had not seen the movie yet. But I was just like obsessed with the idea of those movies and like how badly I wanted to see them. It was a similar thing
1: for me. And it's interesting because they are so iconic that even as a child, I had a certain awareness about Michael Myers Mm. and Jason Mm -hmm. and Freddy to the point where... Uh, I wish I could remember like which grades, but these were all elementary school. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one year in elementary school, I went as Jason from Jason X. Nice.
0: Which I is remember so, that costume.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it had the exposed brain and everything. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was so interesting that there is a child version of Jason X. Like, they made it in a kid's size. Oh, yeah. That's how I was able to go <laughs> as... And that was again, it was before I'd seen any of the Friday the Thirteenth movies, mm-hmm. let alone fucking Jason in space <laughs> um I also went as and this is because I hadn't seen Scream because I thought it was too fucking scary, right, but my my best friend at the time described like sc- kills from Scream One and Scream Two, okay, and they horrified me, and I was really fascinated with ghostface um and one year, my parents got me a ghost face costume. But it was like the like the deluxe one. So okay. it had a plastic cover oh, with over the,
0: with the blood in between, like the yeah. mask and that clear plastic.
1: You had a little tube that ran down your sleeve and mm. you had a little uh, squeezer in your hand. OK, so you would pump the squeezer and it would bleed across your mask. Oh, boy. Yeah. And this is all I'm school. <laughs> um, I also I feel weird about this in retrospect but i went as blade one year <laughs> and i had like the leather coat and everything Yeah, and i remember i distinctly remember doing like naruto runs in uh, during recess so i could have the coat like whip out behind me <laughs> and i hadn't seen blade but i did see the the fucking blood raid rave scene okay uh so those were the three that stick in my mind. I was Blade Jason from Jason X and Ghostface.
0: <laughs> I was Godzilla from the nineteen ninety eight Godzilla. Oh, one here. yeah. Um, it was a that's w- such a strange costume.
1: Yeah, because. Older Godzilla makes so much more sense because I feel like that would fit more naturally over a person's body. Oh yeah. Whereas Godzilla from the Matthew Broderick one was more like a dinosaur, T Rex kind of shape.
0: Exactly. Well, it was one of those Halloween costumes that's just like here's a like w- super thin onesie and a rubber mask. Yeah. You know. Um. <laughs> one year, I was so um the corn album issues th- like when that album was coming out there was like artwork that was them as voodoo dolls so oh, yeah um one i think i was in the third grade i was one of the voodoo dolls from the corn poster because i was super into corn
1: i think that's a fucking sick idea for a costume
0: honestly it was dope i think and my so my mom made me like a paper mache mask i think it's still hanging in my house somewhere if uh i'll check at home and we can put a picture on twitter um so i remember that one and then the last one that i remember like the last halloween costume i can actually remember having because I haven't really dressed up for Halloween in a long time. I have very strange feelings about people paying attention to me, you know? Yeah. I have to be very in specific control of those situations. Right. And I feel like the attention you get from wearing a costume isn't necessarily that. So, like, often I'll be like, I want to do this, I want to do that for Halloween. And then it's just like, it's so much easier to not, you know? Yeah. And then I don't always go out places. Um, but I was the crow. Oh, hell yeah. And um, yeah, I just feel like, you know, everybody's the crow for Halloween at some point. Oh, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> even uh, even my
1: boy Lin Manuel Miranda was oh, the crow. Are
0: you fucking serious? Yeah. Really? I ha- There's
1: a picture I can show you.
0: <laughs> oh, I don't even know if I want to see that. <laughs> Probably not. Oh, you know what I'm thinking about now? What? A oh, crow musical remake. Oh, on hell the stage yeah. Starring Lin Manuel Miranda.
1: Let's do it all right Lynn call us yep we got ideas hell yeah I'm really bummed my the my favorite costume I've ever done was uh one year for dismember the alamo I was Henry from Eraserhead. you nailed it thank you I don't have a picture of it oh damn. and I'm so bummed uh some some guy did take a picture but I never I should have just been like hey send that to me mm. uh, I still have the baby though I made the baby <laughs> and that's it's like I think it's close by somewhere um Yay. So we're at 69 minutes nice oh hell yeah baby yeah uh i feel bad because we we were running out of time mm-hmm. but we haven't done the seance that we promised well you want to know what what
0: um i don't think the ghosts are going anywhere
1: they're not um so i, I just i feel bad that we teased it oh whatever we're we'll do it soon mm-hmm. uh We'll we'll and yeah we'll release it for free because we said we would
0: hell yeah yeah we promise
1: so look out for that we're gonna do a spooky seance with a very special guest mm-hmm. uh, we hope you enjoyed this spooky halloween episode i
0: feel like this is the most focused we've ever been on this fucking show
1: oh really i think so because i so normally i have a Dunkin' coffee before we do these okay and what i found is that when i home brew, yeah it gives me the alertness that i'm looking for without any of the crazy manic anxious energy that right. dunkin donuts coffee gives me uh but i felt like i was more all over the place I think, which i think was fun oh sure yeah
0: i no, it was it, it just because we were like we started out we were like halloween yeah and then it just kind of stayed in that theme you know
1: that's true yeah we we this is the most we've been on theme for the whole episode so
0: you're welcome
1: we should just keep doing Halloween episodes, honestly. Uh, t-
0: truthfully, that might not be a bad idea. Still got to talk about Wolf of Snow Hollow. Oh, yeah, well, I see bad yeah. hair. Oh, so many. I mean, well, so we can talk about those when we start doing our 2020 releases oh. uh, episodes we're all we'll do some episodes yeah. where we talk about our favorite movies that came out this year because if you don't think that there were good movies that came out this year you were not paying attention no and we will give you
1: so many recommendations because mm-hmm. there were innumerable excellent films this year is is like for what happened it was a crazy fucking good year for movies yeah
0: absolutely
1: and Uh, real quick before we go uh, we should just say that we are both ghosts now oh yeah i forgot i was a ghost and then i murdered you at the end of the last podcast Mm -hmm. so now we are both ghosts canonically
0: i just like honestly it's so little has changed because hell and earth are so goddamn similar right that i really i honestly forget And then also, like, the whole going back and forth thing. It's weird. Being Dead does not work the way that I thought it was. Maybe we'll get into that when we do the seance.
1: Hey, it's me, sweet Javi. I just want to say, I just want to pop by and say, hey. Yeah, hi. Because we're talking about the necrosphere, right, guys? (laughs) (laughs) In a way, is that what this is? That's not where we are now, but you said going back and forth, and I've seen you around, and I'm so sorry I didn't say hi, but I've seen you, and I'm like, I don't know if he likes me.
0: I get in my head about it. No, you're fine. Okay, thank you. Anyway, I just want to say, hey, Hey. Sweet Harvey. Goodbye. (laughs) All right. Well, we'll get more into what it's like to be dead Um, next time, I'm sure Sweet Harvey will show up. Yeah. Typically, he does when people die. (laughs) (laughs) True. All right. Uh, so happy Halloween everybody happy Halloween. be safe and that that's it that's, be safe mm-hmm. be sexy if you want
1: hell yeah and have a wonderful Halloween Woo!